great is your God? And, I, and I'm serious. I, I don't, don't be giving this church a, oh, my great bag, man. I, in all seriousness, how great is your God? You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but, but, but I suck up the news. And I probably shouldn't, you know, because there's all this junk and all this kind of stuff going on. And let me help you with something. You liberals and Democrats and CNN, you got to understand, Donald Trump is not the problem. Okay? You conservatives, these 240 people running for president on the Democratic side, they are not the problem. Now, they're all out of control, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about both sides. Okay? Let me help you with something. The problem with our country is us, the church. Some of you are kind of sitting there going, oh, your mama. No, it, it, in all seriousness, the church is silent, except in the church. And big hairy deal, we make noise in the church. You know, what we've got to do, let me tell you all about, remind you all about something. There's a thing at the end of this hallway here, the one that we painted yesterday. I did most of the work myself. But I, I just kidding, just kidding. If you've ever seen me work, you know I don't do very well. At the end of the hallway, there's a prayer room. And people tell me there's no greater place to meet with God than in that prayer room. And instead of yelling at Trump and Congress, which hadn't done nothing in 50 years, instead of yelling at them and the Supreme Court, why don't we pray? The only one that's going to change this country is not Trump, it's not Congress, it's not all these dimwits on the courts. I'm sorry, all these people on the courts, it's God. People talk all the time about, oh, I feel sorry for my kids and my grandkids. Well, then hush and pray. Somebody, more than one, say amen. amen. I'm serious. That's the only hope we've got, kids. That's the only hope we've got. It is never going to ha- We're going to vote on Tuesday. And it, all we're going to do is move the deck chairs. Okay? We need men and women of God who are standing up and being men and women of God saying, no, 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 all of this trash is hocus pocus. Is it, wouldn't it be great if we all stood up and said to all the politicians, the next time we hear you say something negative about the other person, we're not voting for you. Instead of saying, yeah, that's my team, they're right. Instead of saying that, I remember the last time that there was a governor's race, two times ago in the governor's race here in Pennsylvania. I'm not even sure there was a governor's race the last time. they But I said, if my son had said the stuff about uh, somebody else that those guys are saying about each other, I'd have spanked his bottom. And yes, I would have spanked his bottom. I ain't afraid of that. And you could tell CYS, you could tell the FBI, the CIA, CNN, and NBC. I couldn't care less. All right? It, the sooner we get to, back to, I didn't say beaten, but spanking some bottoms, our schools may get under control again. Amen? Amen. You know? But the bottom line is, guys, all this hocus pocus, all this anger at the other party, well, this is my team. Listen, Christians. Get off these out-of-control teams and be a man or woman of God. Quit listening to CNN and Fox 
and start listening to the one who actually knows what's going on. Amen? I didn't say you got to be ignorant, but, but instead of saying, oh, yeah, let me help you with something. Anything CNN says is going to be anti-Trump. Anything Fox says is going to be anti-Democrat. There's very little truth in any of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need men and women of God. This has nothing to do with my sermon. This is for free. We need men and women of God who stand up and say, you know what? That's just junk. That's foolishness. Let me tell you what God wants. Let me tell you the one that could save our country for our kids and our grandkids. Amen? Because it ain't going to be none of them running in 2020. Amen? It's going to be God Almighty who comes and brings revival and restoration and transformation and love and power and healing through you and me. Please hear me. Please, Christians, please hear me. Please hear what I'm saying. You know, the church should be so far above this fray, so far above this foolishness. If you've got a dog in the race, I apologize. I really don't. But the bottom line is, I hear what you're saying. But the bottom line is, we need to be men and women of God who bring revival to this out-of-control country. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So very, very important. If you want to open your Bibles, we're going to begin today in Matthew chapter 4. But I want to make a statement before I start. And I, and I want you to hear this. And, and it, you that know me, you'll kind of recognize me in this statement. We are not saved to sit. Don't tell nobody, don't tell the DS next time he comes I said this, okay? You promise? I don't see this in the Bible at all. I apologize. You know, oh, but I love the music. Who cares? Oh, but I love the preaching. Honestly, I think the church has become a cult of personality. I like this preacher. I like that preacher. I don't give a rip who you like. When you're listening to somebody, you need to be listening to God. Are you with me there? Very, very important. Okay? Very, very important. But you don't get saved to sit in church. You get saved to save. See, we've messed this all up. If y'all know me very well, you know I love Jesus I don't like the church all that much. Because the church has become something it was never meant to be. Jesus kind of was hesitant about the crowd. That's all we care about. How many was in church on Sunday? You know, I love what, I forget who it was the other day said. I, well, it's about 2,000, but we only caught a couple hundred. But the bottom line is, you need to understand something. We weren't saved to sit in church. Now, we could come, we could enjoy ourselves, we could worship God together, we could sing songs, we could testify, and all that kind of stuff. But if that's all it's about, it's worthless. I'll say it again because most of you missed it. If that's all it's about, it's worthless. 
And that's why our country is out of control because men and women of God sit in church in the little cocoon, in the little uh, nice place, being nice to each other, and we don't take it out to a lost and dying and hopeless and helpless world. Are you with me? And don't say yes or amen if you're not willing to do it. That got you, didn't it? Are you with me? This is so important. This is why we're giving this little girl a country that's out of control, not because of Donald Trump or the Congress or or the Supreme Court, but because of us. Our God is tiny, so we go to church and hide. Our God is weak, so we're almost afraid somebody will find out about our lives. Amen? Amen. We need to be people who raise up in the power of almighty creator God and become the people God created us to be, do what God created us to do, and go out into a lost world and tell all those lost, hurting people, I know the only hope there is. And the bottom line is, if you'll listen to me for 10 minutes, I will tell you about it, baby. Amen? Amen? So very, 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 very important. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net. This is Matthew 4, by the way. um, Into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Now, kids, let me say right there, that's a very important statement. That too many in the church are not doing. Because they are following the precepts of the church. There is a grand canyon. Between following Jesus Christ in his footsteps. In his mindset. In his vision. In his goals. In his willingness to die. And what we do in church many times. Because what we do in church many times is, well, I don't do this, and I don't do this, and I don't do this, and I do this, and I do this, so I'm good. I want you to understand, you have just missed the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out, or or many versions, and, and, and both are right. I will make you into people who go fish for people. Let me right here say this. The reason he talked about fish to fishermen is because they were fishermen. Y'all need to write that down. But I want you to hear this. If you're a carpenter, he'll talk to you on those terms. And he will use you to take the gospel out to people you work with and the people you live with. Amen? If you're a computer technician, he will... He will talk to you on those terms. And you could take the gospel out to people that you kind of mingle with. Are you, are you with me there? You know, you, you, you got to understand. Some people are like, oh, I'm not a good fisherman. I can't fish either. I'm not that patient. I put that thing out there. I watch that bobber for about three seconds. And I'm like, okay, I'm going. I'm going to go eat breakfast. It's just not who I am. Right? But on other terms, that's who I am. Are you with me? I think that's very important to understand. At once... They left their nets and followed him. 
It doesn't even say they prayed about it. I, I, I think sometimes I hear this from people, well, I'll pray about it. No, you won't. No, you won't, because you don't want to do it. That's why you got to pray about it. Well, I'll think about it. No, you won't. You don't want to do it. That's why you got to think about it. Well, you know, I'm not sure that's me. It ain't none of us. Are you with me? None of us. When we are born, until we are actually saved, none of us are actually ready to, to leave our nets to follow Jesus. But we can do that by the grace of Jesus Christ. I've got three passages kind of say the same thing. Oops, I went too far. As Jesus walked by the seaside, this is Mark. The other was Matthew. This is Mark. As Jesus walked by the seaside of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me. There we are again. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out, or I will make you to fish for people, or I will make you fishers of men. At once, there it is again. At once, they left their nets to follow him. This is Luke. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of, uh, I have no idea how to say it, Gennarasset, whatever. The people were crowding around him and listening to, um, to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Peter, and asked him to put out a little uh, from shore. Then he uh, sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, We've been out working hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a great number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in this other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Can I just be honest? Yes. We talk about taking the gospel to a lost world a whole lot more than we do it. Everybody asks me all the time, why do you think that Christians in the church are so very kind of shallow today and they're not growing? And I have to look at them and say, Because we're not willing to do God's will. We want to go to a nice church that tells us the nice things that we want to hear. We want to hear that we're okay no matter what kind of condition our lives are in or what kind of sin is in our lives. And we want everybody to just be nice to each other and just (laughs) be nice. But the reality is... This is the first day they met Jesus. 
This is not something Jesus taught them after teaching them for five years. This is something Jesus taught them immediately. Immediately. Not down the road. Not once they learned the whole Bible. Immediately. Jesus was saying, listen, this is so very, very, very important. I'm sorry, I'm getting a cold. But this is so very important to understand. Because too often, the reason we're not growing spiritually is because we're not taking this wonderful work of salvation that God has done in our lives and investing it in other people. You want to become a mature Christian? Go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Have them start coming to the church. And all of a sudden, you feel responsible. All of a sudden, you feel responsible. I better learn that Bible thing because they're going to ask me some questions. Man, I better learn how to pray because they're liable to want me to, want me to tell them how to pray. I'm going to have to get consistent. Because they may show up and go, where's that dude or dudette? Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead, we don't do this. Because we don't want that kind of pressure. We don't want that kind of responsibility. Let me ask you a question. If you've been a Christian for 10 years or more, 5 years or more, 2 weeks or more, and you've not impacted anybody's life with the gospel, what have we been doing? Didn't hear no amens on that one. But let me help you guys. This is something in all three of the synoptic gospels that Jesus starts out and says, as soon as you come into my presence, and if you want to come into my life and I into your life, and you want to come into my kingdom... You need to hear this. You need to go and you need to take the wonderful news of who I am and what I did in your life to somebody else. Somebody say amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is so very important. Now, let me start here though. And I think this is very important. All three of these passages of scriptures that we read were preceded by a dynamic called repentance. All three of them. And let me ask you a question. Have you actually repented of your sin? And your sin is not the bad things you have done. What you need to repent of is the fact that you're not doing what he created you to do and saved you to do. Are you with me there? Too often in churches, well, you know, there's sin and then there's those bad sins. No, there's one sin. One sin. Does everybody listen to me? One sin, and that is I'm choosing not to do what God created me to do and be who God created me to be. Sin is not against him. If I smack him in the head, the sin is not against him. It's against God. He may feel it, but the bottom line is it's against God. Does everybody understand that? Go home and read Psalm 51 if you really don't understand that concept. You know, sin is not just some little thing bad thing we do, sin absolutely is stepping outside of that perfect will of God, that perfect holiness that 
God created you for. That perfect righteousness that God created you to do. Anything outside of that is sin. It's called amartya in the Bible. And about 90% of the time when sin is in the Bible, that's what it is. Amartya. You've missed the mark. Are you with me? Does everybody like me still? If you don't like me, that's okay. you got to love me. Okay? The wages of sin is death. Eternal death. You say, well, where, how, do we, how do we get here out of, out of that? You have to understand. If we're not doing that, we're in sin. You see, we've lost the call. We've lost the focus because we've sat in church for so long. I want you to get this. You weren't saved to sit. You were saved to save. You were saved to take the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ out. And the bottom line is to tell somebody who's lost and dying and feels like there's no hope in their life and tell them there is hope. Don't tell them why I said this, all right? You know what the best thing you can do is to let them know at one time you were a sinful knucklehead too. All three honest people said amen. We've all been there, right? Anybody here never done anything stupid? Huh? Why does it get cool quiet there? We said people going, me, I'm there, baby. You know? I want you to understand. God saved you too. From who you were and what you were doing and where you were going. And the bottom line is he took you from there and put you on the right path. But let me talk to you about the path. Jesus does not say go to church and follow the dictates and the rules of the church. You got to go to church to become like all them people. I love you, but I don't want to become like none of you. As a Christian, I want to follow the footsteps and the mindset and the love and the goals and the focus of Jesus Christ. I want to be willing to die for every person in my world. Amen? Are you there? And you see, don't see me busting your chops. Because there are some days you get on my nerves and I don't want to die for you either. But the bottom line is I want you to understand. If I go to God, he gets me back there. I don't sit there and suck my thumb and feel sorry for myself and be mad at people. I go, God, you got to help me because I'm out here. I need to be here. Here's the cool part. In his time, it's never as fast as I want it to be. In his time, he gets me back where I'm supposed to be. Amen. Following in his footsteps. Let me ask you a question. Are you following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ? Let me ask you another question. Have you spent enough time in the Gospels to know what his footsteps are? Amen? Well, this is important, guys. Because we have so many people who call themselves Christians and they're kind of going to church and melding in with this. And you don't want to meld in with this. 
You want to become that man or that woman that's following hard after the footsteps of Jesus Christ, the mindset of Jesus Christ, the glory of Jesus Christ. And that will set you apart from everybody else. I I want you to understand, even among preachers, I don't even want to be like them. Don't tell them I said that, but I don't want to be like other preachers. I want to be the greatest man of God among preachers that there ever was in this universe. Because he came and was the greatest man ever in this universe. And I want to be just like him. Do I get there perfectly? No. We all ask my wife and son. We all know that. You know, I'm as big a knucklehead as anybody else. But you can also ask them and they'll tell you. But that is his passion. That is his plan. That's who he is. That's what he's about. And let me help you with something. If you're a man or woman of God, that's who you want to be. And that's what you want to be about. Amen? Amen. Follow after me. If you follow after me, if you follow after my footsteps, if you're digging into the Gospels and find out who he is and following straight after him, The cool part is, is number one, he'll get you there. Number two, he will make you and send you out to be a fisherman of people. See, guys, I'm really worried about the church. Because there are so few people that actually have this in mind. And I'm sorry. But if God's word says that if I'm following him, he will make me a fisher of men, and I'm not, and that is not even a thought in my mind, wouldn't you say there's a spiritual problem here? Well, pastor, you know, he was talking to 50-year Christians. No, he was talking to two unchurched, uneducated fishermen. Well, I don't have a seminary degree. They didn't have no degree. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't have train. We don't. I don't have training. They didn't have a lick. Not a lick. We could come up with all the excuses about why we're not doing it, but the reality is they're just excuses. They're just excuses. Kids, let me help you with something. This is very important. Jesus does not say, get on up from there and go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Are you listening? He said, you get up and you follow after me. And I will make you or I will send you out to make fishers of men or become a fisher of men or catch fish or catch people. Kids, I want to ask you a question. Is that happening in your life? If it's not happening in your life, then are you following after Jesus Christ? That's a tough one, isn't it? Because we thought, oh, well, I've got to do something. No, he says, he will make you. He will send you. If you read the Gospels over and over, one of the things that starts to become apparent is Jesus says, I absolutely dealt with, took care of, brought into the boat everyone you gave me. 
Read the gospel. See, I was taught all my life, you got to go out there and just shove the gospel in somebody's face. It never worked. Everybody was like repulsed. You could tell in their eyes and their face, please go away. Oh, but I'm giving you the gospel. But it's gross. But there's some kind of spiritual, balanced, symbiotic, spirit-wooing, you living a life that is, is attractive to people because you got your act together by the grace of Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden they want it. And all of a sudden, it's almost like they're asking you, could you please tell me about Jesus? Yeah, I think I will. Amen? Yeah, I think I will. Are you listening to me? I'm not telling you you've got to go out and cram the gospel in somebody's face. I'm telling you, you need to get up and follow Jesus. And he will make you and he will send you out to be a fisher of men. I started out about our country, didn't I? How out of control it is. You know, well, I don't know President Trump. I don't know a bunch of congressmen. No, but you know your neighbors. You know your workmates. You know that crazy family you've got. Go ahead, you can smile because we all got it. You got, you know people. I don't want you to jam anything. I want you in your mind, in your heart, in your life to follow after Jesus. I want you to be willing to deny yourself and self and follow in his footsteps and take up your cross. I want you to follow after him and all of a sudden you will find yourself taking the love and grace of Jesus Christ out to a lost and dying and hurting world. Well, Pastor, that's for young people. Did you ever notice those crazies in the Bible? Half of them didn't start their ministry till they were 80. No, I'm serious. You know? Well, Pastor, I don't have the training. Most of the people in the Bible had no training. They had this thing called the Bible. (laughs) Let's not get freaky. And they had this person called the Holy Spirit. And he led them. And he empowered them. And he emboldened them. And he gave them wisdom. And he gave them a timing. And he led them to impact their world, save their world in a very powerful and wonderful way. But you know what, kids? That's not going to happen because you hear about it here. It's not even going to happen because you go home and pray for a couple hours. I'm I'm not against prayer. I think if you know me, you know I'm big on prayer. It's going to happen because you decide that the will and the call of Jesus is more important than the junk of this world. Let me help you with all, y'all. Everything you got one day is going to burn up. That's a pleasant thought. Everything you're working toward and think you need one day, huh? It's going to burn up. 
You know that nice car you're driving? That sucker's going to get smashed. Amen? Amen? I love cars. I love to buy cars. Then you got to pay for them suckers. You know what I'm saying? All of this stuff doesn't count. Let me tell you what's going to count. Is when you make a decision to immediately leave that junk and follow after the footsteps of Jesus Christ and by His grace and by His glory Take his love and his grace and his word and his power and his transformation and his salvation and his sanctification and his healing or whatever else and take it out to that lost and dying and hopeless and helpless world. So we come to a point today. I don't care if you've been doing it or not. I don't care if you think about evangelism or not I don't care if you talk about evangelism or not I don't care if you've studied and you're the most mighty evangelist in the world my question is this morning are you actually willing to decide to absolutely leave the junk of this world behind and prioritize following after Jesus Christ and allowing him To make you a witness for him by his power and glory. Are you willing to follow after him and allow him to make you into a fisher of men? And I don't know about you, but I got family and friends that need fished. I run into people every day that they need to be fished upon. I'm not telling you, don't go out there and say, oh, here's the gospel. You know, you're going to hell if you don't do what I say. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you pray. And you love them. And you live after Christ or like Christ before them. And in God's time and in God's way, He will make you a fisher of men in their lives through your life. Because you weren't saved to sit in church you were saved to save the world God placed you in no matter how crazy it might be I'm going to do it this way pastor I'm making a decision this morning I'm following after Jesus Christ I'm walking in his footsteps and my intention is for him to make me a fisher of men so that I can take his love and his grace and his glory out to a lost and dying and hopeless and helpless world. If that's you, please stand up. Father, this morning I praise you for these that have stood. Satan is already working on their mind, telling them they can't. Telling them they're not worthy. Telling them they'll never be able to do this. Telling them that, that the world doesn't want to hear about the gospel. Telling them that, that it's not possible. But Father, your word says 
that if we decide and we follow you, that you will make us fishers of men and you will send us out and you will give us perfect timing. It says that you will give us the verbiage or words we need at the right time. And we will be able to fish. We will be able to lead people to your love and your grace and be saved and be transformed and be remade in your image and be, become the people you created them to be. But Father, to do that, we've got to leave the nets of this world. We've got to immediately leave the nets of this world to follow Help us, Lord, by your power, not just to stand up or decide or say it. Help us, Lord, by your power and grace to go do it. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.